Dublin. Oh, Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Well, who could ever think, folks, that this is the last of this year and uh, they've actually asked me back for next year, so... I'm absolutely wrapped. I don't know whether the blokes are going to be wrapped, but we go into the annals of this great Australian game and find out a lot of things about our stars. And talking about our stars today is right up there, this, pardon me, this young man. 256 games for Brisbane, three-time Premiership player, Robert Rose Award for the AFL's Most Courageous Player three times, Brisbane Best and Fairest three times, twice All-Australians, 2007 Coleman Medal. They're certainly not talking about me, folks. Yibbity yibbity. It's John O'Brown. Great to see you here, Brownie. Great to see you, Rex. Isn't it? You, you had a great football pedigree because you're like most kids. You idolised your dad and you wore a Fitzroy Guernsey. You were, it was a little bit like Prince Charles. You were destined for greatness, would you say, looking back as a as a kid in short pants on the west coast of Victoria, yeah. that you shouldn't be too surprised at where you, where you got, got well, yourself? I had a pretty big, obviously, family influence. I know, my father, Brian, played for Fitzroy and a couple for Essendon, and uh, my uncle, Noel Muggerman, played for Fitzroy and Richmond. Yep. And, of course, the great Billy <laughs> Billy Pickin. Uh, his, his wife is my mum's uh, sister. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, I've had a fair bit of advice along the years. And I think my grandfather got invited down to a priest season uh, back in the 40s or 50s for the Tigers, but his old, ran, old man rang up and said, you've got to come back to the farm. So. It's almost like in air conveyance parlance, in racing parlance with Sheedy with Ballasprey, yeah. the breeding is just impeccable. Like if, you, if you bought uh, you know, yeah. if you bought one of your kid in the draft, his father and son, <laughs> I tell you what, he'd be go for millions, wouldn't he? It would he? be, yeah. Bread in the purple, it's fair to say. And uh, So, you know, it, it's, it was a great upbringing, obviously, yeah. and I dreamt of playing, playing AFL footy, that's for sure. I grew up in locker rooms and the old man was coaching back in the uh, Hampton Was this in the Hampton League? Yeah, Hampton League, yeah. coached Colac to a premiership, that's Gee, where they were in the Hampton League, and yeah. then went to Croyd, and my mum and dad are still out in Croyd, so uh, yeah. it was a great, great upbringing, learned how to swear plenty of times at the footy club, and they'd be locking me in lockers, but that's all I wanted to do, Rex. It was a great grounding for kids around jock straps and running the boundary line <laughs> and picking up bottles and cashing them in. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we did all but that. It, but it was just a great culture. Saturday afternoon yeah. at the local footy, South Warnable versus Coroit. Yeah. Uh, South kick a goal. Two, 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 two. Oh, yeah, and I, what, it, was, it just must be like yesterday how the time has flown for you, young man. It has. And uh, I had a group of mates, especially at Coroit, that we'd wear. We'd walk around the ground just before the senior game. We'd round up all the opposition kids, Rex, and we'd, we'd quickly go out and run out with our fathers uh, for the Gave them be straight onto the back oval and it'd be like WrestleMania 15. It'd yeah. be a bit of footy, but there'd be mainly a heap of punch-ups that go on. And But it bred, it bred you to be tough. And uh, yes, we all idolised our old man and uh, we just wanted to follow in their footsteps and go into training. And that's yeah. probably, look, that's probably where my skills come from, Rex, because you'd be joining in, you know, trying to train with the reserves boys or whatever, and you'd be honing your skills three, four times a week. And so I suppose now, by the time we got to 12 or 13, we're really skillful, most of the kids down there. Your dad and myself and a lot of our uh, our group uh, had the under-19s and the reserves, yeah. which was great grounding, but uh, pretty fair grounding for a 15-year-old kid that first played his senior game at the highest level in the Hamden League. Yeah. I think at the Trove Valley, the Ovens and Murray, uh, you know, the VFA was just a little bit up, but the Federal and the Eastern Suburb League, they were all tough men's yeah. football. Get tough 
or get out. That's what it was. And uh, I remember, you know, Black Lock Stephen Theodore yeah. played in the 66 premiership, yeah, I did. believe, Rex. No, know, no, he didn't. He, he, he played in the 71 preliminary final yeah. and knocked me out. Oh, there. That's more important. <laughs> <laughs> and well, a good fisherman as well, well the grub. Well, he, did, uh, he did plenty of that down. And he was one of, he, he was coach of Colac and then he yeah, handed it over footer. to Dad. Yeah, footer, yeah. played in the AF 85 flag. No, tough men, Rex. Yeah. You don't often see men like that. And, and still, I suppose, a few years later, when I came to play senior footy, there's still a lot of tough men. I played um, his second game against Campanile, which is just yeah. a whole heap of farmers and dairy farmers, and uh, they played tough footy. And uh, I remember three blokes got sent off in the first half of that game, and I thought, geez, this is sink or swim stuff for a 15 yeah. year old. But it really helped me when I came to play in the AFL Rex that I had that grounding playing tough senior footy as a young fella. We're going to get with the affiliation of Fitzroy, Dash Brisbane Bears, Dash Brisbane Lions, how the father and son uh, law uh, saw you go to Brisbane. Yeah. But I always wondered as a young man why a bloke at uh, Camperdown or Colac had to play for Fitzroy because yeah. they were passing Cadinia Park. Because all as kids you want to do is, you know, most kids in the Western District Barrack for Long, but it was was just the way the zoning was set up that you're in Fitzroy zone. It was, and uh, yeah, sort of Fitzroy, uh, the Colac area up to up to obviously Warrnambool was all Fitzroy. Yeah. I wondered why there was a lot of support Fitzroy sports yes. back in those. It was because it was their zone. And That's it. My, my old man went to boarding school uh, in Ballarat, St Pat's uh, Rex, because he grew up in a small be- dairy farm up in the Otway, so there was no schools really up there in the latter years. But he, he stays zoned to where your parents live. So even though he went to St Pat's, yeah. he still was zoned to the Fitzroy lines. Okay, tell us about your uh, your trip north. Uh, you had no hesitation. Uh, just just clear it up for our listeners here. If if you are eligible for father and son, yeah. do you have to take it? No, you don't. Uh, so, that's so a if, misconception. So, so you know, Anthony Rocker, I think, was one of the highest profile. He wasn't a mummy's boy, but he yeah. missed his mum's spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, and, and I read it in right. the footy week, and I said, that's a good reason to come back from Sydney to uh, Collingwood. Must be good sp- but, but, spaghetti. But, but it's a big thing for a kid to come from Warrnambool. Yeah. To the southeast coast of Queensland. Well, it is that's for sure, and, and I just I love the Lions. So that one year, one win a year, they'd have Rex. Those latter years, I used to wear me jumping to school and stick it up everyone. But <laughs> I, I did. I was eligible. Fifty one games. My father played. Had to be over fifty. Yeah. And uh, and Brisbane came to me twelve months early and said we want to take you. Uh, but I could have gone in the draft. Hawthorne were keen on me, uh, but I opted to stay out of it and take the Brisbane offer. And uh, so it's got to be mutual. Both club and player want to go to each other, and it worked well. The old man gave me the advice. No. Nah, I reckon you should go to Brisbane, take yeah. the offer because they're going places. And I thought, geez, going places, he just won the wooden spoon. Although he's yeah. forgot to take his pills this morning, the old man. But he said, look, Lee Matthews just taken over. He'll change the whole club around. Got some really good players like Voss and Lepich, all yeah. those countless blokes. That and that had a pretty stars. fair uh, apprenticeship through Robert Walls, they hadn't did. they? They you often I mean? speak about yeah. the influence yeah. of Walls, the Adam, and he was yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah, their pre seasons are brutal. And, and, and some, I'll stop you right there. Yeah. And uh, sometimes for the pushy cats, blokes like Wallsy, a little bit too tough, but you might as well find out uh, before they bounce the ball. Well, Brisbane had a culture of just guys having the easy road up there, either young blokes who can't play or blokes just getting their superannuation package. Wolsey came in and changed the culture of the joint, and he knew he was going to lose blokes, yeah, uh, yeah. but he was prepared to just get rid of the guys. Just get tough and get out. So these guys had a fantastic apprenticeship and obviously yeah. became the modern-day champions, and that's what the old man said. I just see all these really good young blokes, and... 
the old man had a fair crystal ball because we were in four grand finals my first five years. Just amazing. Uh, 2000, I think, was the first year they played. You, yeah. you really hit your straps towards the end of the year. Yeah. I remember a game against Fremantle where I think you were quoted as saying, I'm really starting to know what this game's all about. Yeah. Was that a fair indication of what was to come? That was really good for me uh, that first year because early on I didn't get to touch my first game. I reckon I got dropped about three times, Rex, but the last three games... Does you no harm, does it? No, that's right. <laughs> I had two or three decent games, got the experience finals. Big one at the MCG. We got smashed by about 90 points. But I went away from that, Rex, fully aware now of the speed of the game and knowing what I had to do to be able to cope with that level of footy. Went home and got myself as fit as I possibly could. Played in every game the next year under premiership. Uh, it was because of that first year, though, knowing that, geez, this, this game is so far you know, harder than I thought it ever would be. And you need to be so much fitter. So that set it up. This man is as recognisable in his voice as John Williamson. If you ever want a sort of Wikipedia or an Aussie voice, this is Jonathan Brown. Uh, This is for Tobin Brothers celebrating lives. We're not, uh, you're not stiff yet now. Well, I'm not going to the personal details, but uh, they're not measuring up yet. But Tobin Brothers are great people because they say, let's celebrate the life instead of when someone's laying there telling everyone what a good bloke he is. I mentioned to Mark Harvey a couple of years ago that his first two years when he was driving a tractor cutting the grass at Windy Hill, he played his first two seasons in premierships. I said, how good is that? And yet you've played in four grand finals in your first five years. I know you're not a pinching yourself type, but you might have just said, uh, gee, Dad might have been right here. I might have just uh, laid uh, on the nest that's got the golden eggs in it. Yeah, he certainly – I probably uh, didn't mention it. You probably don't realise it as much, Rex, because – you're probably caught in the moment, uh, so you don't tend to reflect a lot, especially when Lee Matthews is coaching. I remember four or five days after we beat Essendon in the 2001 Premiership, he had us in for our exit meeting on the Wednesday, and don't worry, he was very serious about what sort of shape we need to turn up in, in two months' time for the start of pre-season. He said, we're not looking back at all. So that was the first time I got ingrained in my head that you need to celebrate for a few days and then move on to the next challenge, and that's obviously what Lee has done throughout his playing and his coaching career. So we became very focused quickly on the next challenge, the Brisbane Lions. That's why I think we're able to keep having repeated mm. success. It's probably only in the last few months, and I wrote a book and all that, that you really start to reflect and go, geez, you know what, I was lucky. You know, I played in a lot of premierships, I played with great players, because in the moment you think, oh, after the third premiership, oh, we just keep playing in premierships, yeah. or we keep making grand finals. You just accept it, accept and anything it. less is just not acceptable. Exactly right. So the back end of my career, I was very frustrated, yeah. of course, and uh, but only have really enjoyed the good times or the, the good reflections yeah. in probably the last 12 months since I've retired. I was similar, you know, when I went to Geelong and St Kilda, I did very well financially, although there wasn't a lot of money in it, but yeah. I was a career policeman, I thought I'd played in those premierships at Richmond and with all those blokes. But when I sat in the grandstand watching the other, the Richmond side, you know, playing more grand finals, yeah. I said, uh, POQ, mate, this is not on. It gets yeah. you, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's a, an air conveyance drug yeah. that once you get it, you're hooked. And until you hang up the boots, you can't get it out of your system. Oh, exactly right. It's, it's so addictive. And now that thrill of obviously grand final week and being able to, I suppose, survive the pressure. That was the big thing. People ask me, where else would you want to be if you go back somewhere in your career? And I said three-quarter time of one of the tight grand finals where you just know your guts is churning, but this is a chance where I can really contribute to my team and help us win a flag. You, yeah. you miss that sort of pressure of things, I, I believe. But uh, you do. But also got, sharing it with blokes. Sharing you know what I mean? with blokes. That's, yeah. It's the bond. It's the camaraderie you yeah. really miss. Uh, the, you know, and the other thing was... Um, you know, people would say to me towards the end of my, my career, Rex, I'd say, you know, I'm just trying to get feared. Or that people would go, oh, yeah, but don't worry. You've won three premierships. And I'd say, well, how the hell do you think that gets me out of bed in the morning when I'm mm. trying to win another one? Yeah. Because so, you, don't, you don't reflect. Reflecting doesn't help you move no, forward. No, it doesn't. 
And it's uh, Jonathan Brown who's joined us. We're going to take a break and come back about him being compared with uh, the guy that I believe is the greatest uh, centre-half forward of all time, Wayne Carey. Other things coming up, of course, you know, the head injuries and uh, what he's doing after footy. For Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives, we're celebrating the football life of one Jonathan Brown. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating Lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yeah, Matthew, this is Jonathan Brown, and I just can't believe how easy it is. It's like sneaking up on a beautiful brown trout at Panmuir on the banks of the mighty uh, Mount Emu Creek, and it's just like taking chocolates from kids. There's no doubt about it. You just, you, even now, you just love the game. Yeah. And, and from that little kid in short pants where you had a dream, you love the game and love life. And uh, yeah. you're just having a ball, aren't you? Yeah, having a great time. We, we'd all love to still be playing footy, wouldn't we, oh, uh, Rex? Of course I'm sure would, yeah. you're your age as well. So. <laughs> <My> <laughs> <laughs> well you've, you've got the pants on, you've got the, <laughs> the leotards on. <laughs> Looks like you've been back in They're training, holding mate. my uh, the varicose veins in, mate, right? <laughs> I think, Darren, it's my varicose veins. But now, get on with it, will you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I do. I love being involved in the footy industry, Rex, and uh, still love having, having a bit of fun. I have three little kids, and uh, you know, there's no more enjoyment you get out of that. I need to clear something up about Wayne Carey. I don't care about anything. Either. Let Mike Sheehan get and everything. Oh, it's the highest rating. Yeah. I think that just shows that we're all perverted. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm perverted about the air conveyance persuasion called football. Yeah. What an inspirational player he was. Did you at times say, I can put that into my repertoire, or I'd like to be him, or I'd like to be as influential? Because I went to the footy to see Gary Ablett Sr. and Wayne Carey, and it was getting paid in the best seat of the house. Yeah. Come on, give was, me a break. Uh, I was the same. I was very fortunate as part of my education that uh, when Dad was coaching back in the Hampton League, uh, back in the late 80s, well, early 90s, yeah. really, when Wayne was starting to yep. come through. And the only games we could really, Dad could take me to was Friday night footy. And obviously, virtually North Melbourne had a, 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 had a stronghold on Friday night footy. So a lot of times, Dad would take me up and I'd just sit in the grandstand and Dad would say... Do me a favour, son. You're sitting here watching the footy. You're young centre forward. He said, just sit there and watch number 18. He said, mm. don't worry where the ball is. If it's up the other ground, just sit there and watch number 18 for North Melbourne and learn. And that's what I did, Rex. It was the best education you could ever get for playing centre forward. So obviously, a lot of sort of, um, you know, the things and the characteristics that Wayne do would creep into my game. You, you show a little bit of a goal kicking or whatever it may be. It was, it was, I was schooled. You know, it was the best schooling you could get for playing centre forward and uh, really idolised him, looked after him, loved the way he coped with pressure. That was probably the biggest thing that I thought I'd love to be able to cope with pressure or big kicks, whatever it may be in a game like Wayne Carey did. And, uh, yeah. I think a great thing is that you want to play for somebody and we wanted to play for Tom Hafey. You know yeah, what I mean? An yeah. ex-Tiger, four-time premiership captain in the Golden Valley League, but we all came together, 18, 19 years of mm. age. And uh, we're all going to get together, you know, on October for our annual fishing day. And that's, it, it's fantastic. Do you look back at those golden years and say Lee Matthews was just an integral part of what we were all about? Did you say, this is uh, arguably the greatest player that's ever played the yeah. game and he's coaching me. How good is this? Yeah, it was amazing. That's what the old man said. You, yeah. know, you should go and play under Matthews and get the best education. It's just... Yeah, he's like a, like a second father, really, to me, and, and gave me the confidence as a young 18-year-old that, no, you can play centre-forward. And then came in the next year, and he's saying, you're me centre-forward. 
you know, and for the greatest argument, the greatest to give you that sort of confidence yeah. is so uplifting. You And uh, so he gave me the confiscate there and play footy. And um, he was just such a great, I'll say he's emolded us. We had great players in our team. But he just said that unless we're all going to come together, play our roles, it doesn't matter how good the players are, we're going to have no success as a team. And at the end of the day, if you play your role, play for each other, your reputations as individuals will be so much greater. And he was, he was so good. He just looks we had a lot of big egos, Rex, yeah. in our side. But I think that's but important. It is you important. Know, I reckon to be good, you've got to think you'll be good. Because if you're not believing in yourself, you might as well go fishing. That's right. But you need... That the biggest the ego around that, him. to be able to mould it yeah. perfectly so all play together. And, yeah. and that was Matthew's strengths. He'd also sell the message really well. He'd say, we played a basic game style, but he used to say, boys, trust me, this will stand up in September yeah. when it's just contested ball, hard ball. He'd, he'd, dr- he'd drill that into us the whole 12 months. So he just believed he had a better game plan than everyone. It was just I'm, it was fantastic. I marvel at the times that I'd be saying, yeah, the man on the mark is on 50 or on 47. And the way that you drilled the goals and kicked through it and transferred the weight was marvellous but I say to the kids have a look at this bloke because you never take your space before the ball gets there Yeah, exactly. and you can have Vaca Manus and you can have Black and Voss and all these blokes putting it out in front of you but unless you've got that space it's an unwritten word that get out of the way Brownie's coming yeah. we did the same uh Rex, get out of Royce's way, will you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got out of Royce's way. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And I, was, I was never real quick, uh, Rex. I was strong and I was good laterally, but I needed to keep that space for myself so I could make a late, late lunge or a late lead just to protect my space. But, um, and I think that's... I think that's part of the reason, uh, you know, growing up and playing really the same position my whole upbringing, and the old man was always big on that, so that really helped me yeah. play at Centre Ford. Did you, when Vossi, uh, you took over the captaincy from Vossi? Yeah. You were ready for it? Yeah. Did you love it? Did, 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 it, did it enhance your game? Did it complement your game as far um, as the responsibility, <clears throat> pardon me, both on and off the field was as a skipper? Yeah, no doubt about it. But I'm pretty close with Vossi and uh, he taught me really well. Fantastic <laughs> blokes to look up to in the locker room. You know, yeah. The weights room, the training pack, the way they went about it, it was amazing. And obviously, least of all, Michael Voss, you know, he, he was fantastic. I really did love the captaincy. I, I felt it enhanced me. I was able to win... Yeah, I think the f- the first three years I was after we- able to win best and fairest, and um, I loved leading the boys out in a battle um, yeah. and taking that pressure on board for me teammate. Teammates uh, do something special for them. There was no greater than Voss when it came time to do something up- uplifting or something special for his team. He had an amazing knack of just doing it, whether it be kicking a goal, a big mark, crashing through a park. He was amazing. The only one that compares to him in this era is Luke Hodge, yeah. just for that sense of a moment. Yeah. And so I really looked up to that, and I thought, I just I want to be able to sense the moments like Vossi does and do something for my yeah. team. And, and it was just fantastic. You reckon Vossi's brand has been damaged by the perception that he couldn't coach his own side to success, or unlike, say... Uh, Tim Watson yeah. and Danny Frawley, who are all fine people and fine yeah. coaches, and uh, you know, similar to a few others, they'll never get another job. Yeah. Do you see Michael getting another job? Uh, do, you, do you think his brand's been damaged? Look, in some people's eyes, it probably would have, uh, but not in my eyes. And I think enough people realise it wasn't a complete disaster that he would go. He's away now doing his apprenticeship that yeah. he probably missed out on. He's at Port Adelaide. He'll, he'll probably spend three or four years there, and then he would like to get a job. There's no doubt he's a very driven person. Mm. I always say to people, you've got to remember Vossi's first year. We finished fifth with yeah. the youngest side in the comp. 
what backfired was obviously went on a massive recruiting spree. You know, Fev's the, the biggest name there. And they all struggled, or, you know, for Fev, in Fev's case, after 12 months, he was gone. So that really sent the list backwards. And it was hard to retrieve after three years. We lost four or five young kids in that first year. So there's no doubt there's work needs to be done. Vossi needs to improve in those areas, which he would be doing. But I believe he can coach and he should hopefully get another opportunity. Jonathan Brown has joined us across the nation. This is your football life on behalf of Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. And thank you for joining us today. Tell us about Eddie and Mick having a bit of a nibble in 2008. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Kylie and, <clears throat> and yourself, uh, have you start, started your family then? Uh, no, I think we're just getting married. So, so, yeah. so you may well have been up to a little bit of a move. How close were you? Yeah, I was close, Rex. Yeah. I won't lie about it. Um, Collingwood approached me, I think it was the Brownlow Medal the year before, and we started talking, and then I was, I was open to it, that's for sure. And then the next year, um, you know, we, we started playing footy. Obviously, my heart was at the lines, and I can't get uh, criticised for talking to Collingwood because I won the best and fairest that year, so I was allowed to keep my mind on the job. But I was talking to Collingwood, and it got more and more interesting, almost to the point where I was really interested in the move, playing in the big crowds and, and those sorts of things, and, and maybe a change, maybe thinking about cl- getting closer to my family. And... Yeah, got a long way. Got into the 11th hour, but in the end of the day, Rex, and this is the only um, thing that happened, really, I couldn't bring myself to, to take uh, take myself away from the Lions. Really? You know, that, I played in, had such good times, oh, yeah. the Lions, and we'll potentially maybe slipping backwards. I just, I didn't feel comfortable about it in the, in the end. And yeah, a few other facts, like Kylie's family yeah. was moving to Queensland. So whatever it was, at the end of the day, I didn't go. And I look back now, I thought, yeah, I could have played in another premiership. But when you look back at the end of your career, you go... Well, I've always been a Lions man. I'm actually proud that I played for one club. Mm. Unfortunately, we didn't have the success towards the end, but I'm happy now if I look back and say I was a one-club player. You had no boundaries as far as fear and courage is concerned, and I think you're a modern-day sort of Francis Burke who yeah. Francis explained to us once, you know, when, when we get up there and talk about, you know, all our, the stuff we did, uh, that he didn't ever think about it. You know what yeah. I mean? He said courage is doing something irrespective of the consequences. Were you too courageous for your own good in the last few years? Yeah, I was towards the end. And yeah. I probably lost a yard of speed, Rex, which I reckon probably cost oh. me in a, in a couple of collisions. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I probably only put my hand up for one of them, though. And, and you know, when I got severely injured, uh, not the one where I had my face smashed in, but the second one where Mitch, I ran to Mitch Clark. And it was a reckless action. I took off from 30 metres away and thought, I might be able to get there, Rex. And then I uh, about... Five minutes short, I thought, geez, yeah. I'm in trouble here. I better, better get me move on. And unfortunately, I end up in hospital oh. for a week then. I was crook for a long time. I was crook for about six months. But that puts pressure on at home? Yeah, it does a little bit. My wife was very supportive, though. She yeah. never told me to retire. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, the last one, when it was pretty innocuous bump, and, but I would never get knocked out of those instances in my old career. I could see my wife's eyes that there was starting to create stress at home, that's for sure. And, and my head wasn't recovering as it used to be able to. Look, I'd shake those knocks off and stay out in the ground, but yeah. I got hit with a feather, you know, yeah. and that probably concerned me. When I looked in the clear light of day, I thought, geez, I'm losing my resilience here. Mm. You seem to be really enjoying life after footy. Yeah. Uh, I see you in the uh, in, in the media room and you've got time for everyone. Hey, Brownie, hey, John, yeah. that sort of thing. But you, you, you work the camera well, you're working the microphone well. Is this the future or is the future in South Queensland in a business sense? What's the future hold for now a, a very mature and yeah. responsible Jonathan Brown? Yeah, it's interesting, Rex. We're probably going through it at the moment with uh, 
with Kylie and, and just, just working out. I spend a lot of time away from home, so I virtually live in Melbourne six months there and then uh, obviously home on the Gold Coast for five months here. I'm not sure it's sustainable, especially with our kids going into school now. Yeah. Um, got three little ones, got a six-year-old, three-year-old and a one-year-old. So you'd like to see your family a little bit more. Maybe we move down and, and stay in the media for a few years. I've got a couple of businesses up in Queensland. Mm. Um, so... Certainly, I could see ourselves ending up in Queensland, even though I'm a Victoria. Uh, but when you marry a Queensland girl, girl, I don't cope with the weather that well in Melbourne. So, but, I, but I love the media, Rex. Yeah. And we'll see how it all goes down the track. Jonathan Brown has been good enough to join us today. <clears throat> and this is the last in this series. And the good news is that that's finished. And the bad news is I'm back next year with plenty of others. <laughs> uh, Rex's Mad Minute involves just a couple of quick question, uh, answers from you. Your favourite food. Pizza. Wife's the, homemade pizza. The best. Oh, mate, you're fantastic. The best player you played with. I have to say, Voss. The best against. Wayne Carey. When I get around to it, for myself, I would like to. Uh, improve my golf game, Rex. All right. If I was Prime Minister for one day, what would I do to change the face of this nation? Well, I'm not sure the nation, but I'd certainly fix up the uh, motorway between the Gold Coast and Brisbane. It's a disgrace. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> the best movie you've ever seen? Oh, well, the Rocky movies at any given Sunday. Any given yeah. Sunday. Bit, with, a bit of Al Pacino. Oh, just yeah. fantastic. Who in the world, if you had a chance, would you like to meet? Oh, well... Probably Muhammad Ali. I'm a big really? boxing man, yeah. uh, uh, Rex, so obviously you wouldn't get much communication with Ali, but he'd be fantastic to sit down with 10 or 15 yeah. years ago, wouldn't he? Those thrillers in Manila's and the, uh, what was it, the fight in the jungle yeah. or the rumble, they, they were just fantastic. They were, they were great days. What a contribution you've made, and this program is dedicated to celebrating the life of someone who's changed the nation, and uh, whether they followed you or they didn't follow you, they knew who Jonathan... Was there ever any consideration as a kid, people calling you John or Jack, or has it always been John no, or Jonathan? Be, all my mates call me Jack, yeah. and then uh, my wife called me Jack, and one of our sons <laughs> is called Jack, so it got a bit confusing there for a while, she'd be yelling out, I'd be turning <laughs> so We've had to off- offload my name now, but I was, then so Kylie called me Babe, and I looked around, and I said, hey, there's Look like I'm a babe. There's no babes in this house. Huh? I've said this to a select f- uh, few, and Wayne Carey was one a few weeks ago. You were the reason I get out of bed and go and broadcast, and it was just nothing for me with black on the left wing and on the left foot, <laughs> hand past the boss. Brown's on his way. He's on his way. Brown goal! And it was just magnificent, mate. Great, Great to catch you. Jonathan Brown for the Toman Brothers. This has been your football life. It's been a pleasure, Rex.